Back in 1993, when I was a junior at the University of Delaware, I applied for early entry into the NBA draft. Literally, I applied. I wrote a letter declaring my intent to skip my senior year and join the professional ranks. I sent it to the NBA offices. My name is Jeff Perlman. I'm a forward at Delaware, which I've got to say I was. I was the starting forward for Edna's Edibles of the Intramural League runner-ups. Anyway, I write this letter. And maybe two months later, I receive an actual note on NBA stationery saying that as of this date and with the hiring of an agent, I will be surrendering my eligibility. About a month later, the NBA's head of security actually called me at my parents' house, leading with the question, who the hell are you? And of course, it was all a lark, a funny article to write for the school paper. Only three years later, while I was desperately trying to get hired by Sports Illustrated, the magazine asked me to pitch some freelance ideas. How about the local high school basketball coach who'd once played in the NBA? No. How about the really talented swimmer from Prague? No. Well, I once applied for the NBA draft, even though I didn't play a second of college ball. Write it. And that's how I got hired by Sports Illustrated. My name is Jeff Perlman. I'm the New York Times bestselling author of nine books and the host of Two Writers, Sing and Yang, the podcast where one writer, me, talks writing with another writer every single week. Today's episode features Brandy Ferner, author of the new novel, Adult Conversation. And you'll quickly notice I took my first week off as host. My fill-in today is Catherine Perlman, my wife, the author of Ignore It, and a huge admirer of Brandy's debut book. This is episode number 155. Let's Hi, Brandy. Welcome to Two Writers Slinging Yang. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today on my pub date. It feels extra special. Yeah. Happy pub date. Your first book, Adult Conversation and Novels, out today. Is that right? Yes, yes. After years, after years of waiting for this moment, it's finally here. I'm very excited for you. I read your book and I loved it. So I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Um, I am guest uh, interviewer today for my husband, Jeff. So I read on your website that uh, for the last decade, you've worked as a doula and a childbirth educator. So how did your book come along? So it was unrelated to those things, but well, so it it was related in the way that this book is about the relentlessness of motherhood. And so it's not a direct, like a memoir of my life, although there are lots of things in there that were in my, in my head. But this is like taking all of the experiences I had myself and then saw with all these moms that I was watching become moms and just this like, you know, collective feeling of what motherhood feels like. So it was related in that way. But I actually was writing the book while I was doing some of the birth work. I haven't done it for the past couple of years. I think I've, I was finally like, hey, lady, you can't have two young kids write a novel and also go to like two day births. Like maybe that's too much. So I no longer do that. But it, it definitely it wasn't it wasn't like the inspiration for it. But all the things that I picked up on in those birth rooms and postpartum visits and all of that sort of stuff by osmosis makes its way into the book and informed me and what I felt about motherhood and what I was seeing. So I know you said it's, I mean, obviously it's fiction and I know you said that um, it's not about your family or about the clients, but it was sort of informed by that. 
but some of it had to have come from your life. I mean, what really shows up in the book that your you know, husband or friends would be like, yes, I, I remember that. <laughs> I, this is such a question that I'm, I know everybody wants to know. And I mean that it's not a direct memoir in that. The, the plot points that happened, some, many of those things never happened to me, like in terms of she becomes friends with her therapist, the main character, April, and then they go to Vegas together and have this wild journey and those sorts of things like that never happened to me. That's where the idea came from is one day I was just, I don't know, I had a moment to think in my own thoughts, which is kind of amazing. But I had a two-year-old, my youngest was two at the time. And this idea came over me that was like, what would two moms really do in Vegas if they were both at the end of their rope and they could do anything? Like, would they cheat? Would they do drugs? Would they just lay in bed with no one touching them? Like, what would they do? And so I was just, I think I wanted to go on that trip. (laughs) And Uh so, so that's what I did is I wrote so those plot points were from my brain you know and then thinking well so what if this what if the characters what if one is the therapist like wouldn't that be interesting to see if their roles shift and then the clincher for me was my brain saying and what if Snoop Dogg was one of their neighbors and then I'm like all right I have to write this thing so those some of those like Snoop Dogg sadly is not my neighbor but (laughs) April the character April like I don't know if there are any differences between myself and April. And so some, so the inner monologue stuff and all the things that she and thinks, almost all the things, are, are, are me. And so there, that's, I think, maybe why it feels so real. Number one is because I said things that I know that most other moms don't want to say out loud. And I've realized that the reason why I felt like I could say those things is because I have an amazing support network. My husband is like an amazing unicorn and he's somebody who can hear hard things and know about nuance and know that you can be frustrated with something and also love something, you know, all of these different things. So I feel like I'm so grateful that I have the privilege to have those people that say, yeah, this is an important message and you need to be talking about it. So there, there are so many things like, like so much of the kids stuff, oh, like we've been there, we've all been there. And I wrote this book when my youngest was two. So I wrote a book about being in the trenches of motherhood from the trenches <laughs> of motherhood. It's a little bit of an insane choice to make because the thing that I needed a break from and time away from, why did I spend my me time writing about that thing? (laughs) It's like, who does that? It's masochistic in a certain way, but I'm glad I did it. Well, the therapist in me says it's therapeutic. Yes, that's exactly true is I got deep therapy from this. It's a little bit meta and weird because it's like I'm therapizing myself as a character in a book. Like it's so weird and messed up in that way, but it worked. Like once I got this out of my body and I thought when I was writing this at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to find the answer to motherhood. And by the end of it, I'll probably have some tiny ass idea, you know, for people that's like, well, here's how you make it not feel so awful sometimes. And then as I wrote it and I was doing the laughing and the crying and the soul searching and all of that stuff, I realized, oh, there is no answer. There is no thing. But the, but the being honest about the experience for me was the thing that I was looking for. So it's like this two-way thing where I felt like I was giving myself something that I needed. And then at some somewhere along the road, I thought, 
oh my gosh, other people, other overworked survival mode moms who need this, like they can get the same therapy I'm getting by writing it, by reading it. And that was my hope. And so if I did that for anybody, which sounds like it did something for you, like I did my job. So I wonder how you'll feel that people will assume so many things that happen (laughs) to April are you. How will that be for you? I mean, I partially don't care about anybody, what anybody else wonders or thinks because like, I know what my little world is like. I know what my, what my husband, how he feels and my kids and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm not too worried and I've been, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. Like, and that's just, that's just who I am. And I think that's partially why my family is so supportive because I've always been transparent. And when I'm transparent about this stuff and the hardship, that means I'm also transparent about the things that I love. And, you know, so I I think, I think there's a balance there, but I'm, you know, I'm not too worried about people thinking this is my direct life because I do feel like April is me in a way. And, you know, I mean, how, how do I how do I divorce myself from her or this story? I, I don't exactly know, but I will say the the husband character in it. Um, there were some, so that's not my husband, but there are a lot of personality traits, the ones that I find most interesting about my own husband that I wanted to put in there, such as he's really political and into all of these podcasts that are very intellectual, and he's into metal music and all this stuff. But then he also loves The Bachelor, like I do. And I just think that's so, that's, it's just such an interesting dichotomy of a person. So there are things that people would read and go, oh, that sure sounds like your husband. But I, I, each character I had to make heightened and I had to make them do certain things that the people in my real life wouldn't do. And so there is also this, like it's fiction. So I had, I had to make it interesting and dramatic. So there are details that people would look at and go, oh, I know that seems familiar, but it's not, you know, a direct character. So the fact that I know that and the people that I love know that, that's really all that matters for me. And at the end of the day, if, if, the, if, the, if what I'm getting out of this is helping other moms to feel seen and to like let themselves off of a hook, and that's the cost as other people think what they, whatever they want to assume about me, like I'm willing, I'm willing to make that sacrifice to ultimately do the good and give the message that I wanted to give. I think in a way you kind of, explain the freedom of doing a novel as opposed to a memoir because I think you could have easily made this a memoir Mm -hmm. Um, but the fact that it's um, fiction you really can go crazy you could take the best and worst parts you can um, embellish to make it um, a more interesting character more nuanced moments and and I think that that's like a really interesting choice to do that as a as fiction as opposed to um, but bring a lot of yourself into it and then you yeah. have a lot more freedom rather than having to stay so close to your true story. Exactly. And the plot points, I mean, so much of our motherhood journey, even though there's so much internal life going on inside of us and the thoughts, I mean, it's basically going from store to store, buying diapers, buying, you know, buying food, doing the meal planning. Like who wants to read a book that's, you know, just kind of wrote like that? I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the, the hard thing about the, the motherhood gig. So I needed, I knew that I needed to do it fiction in order to answer those fun writing prompts that came to me in the form of ideas of like getting these two moms to Vegas and then 
I didn't know what they were going to do. So I didn't have it set out exactly what they were going to do. But as I wrote it, it's like I felt what was right and what each character, what I felt like should happen with them. And so that was super fun and hopefully gives moms who are reading a break. You know, the, the, the first half of the book is like a real deep dive into the life of a modern mom and all the things that I would laugh about and cry about. And then it's like the second half becomes this sort of action adventure thing. So I, and I didn't, I didn't think about this when I was writing it, but it feels like if, especially right now with this pandemic, it's like it validates what we're all going through, even working moms who maybe weren't doing 100% caretaking before, and then gives moms what they really want right now, which is a wild girl's trip to Vegas. So it, it, I just, <laughs> I like that it's a balance of both things. It's like first I validate, first you are seen, and now you get to have fun so that it actually feels like you're on board, or so I hope. Yeah, no, it does. And I have to say, as a therapist and a person who's been in therapy, I really laughed at the idea that the main character becomes friends with her therapist because that's <laughs> everyone's fantasy, you know, right? to yes. like date your therapist to be best. I know we would be best friends if it was like a different <laughs> life. Um, you know, how did you actually decide to make that mom friend the therapist? Yeah, that was actually, I mean, that was initially part of the idea that came to me. And I was just thinking about, and at the time, I actually don't think I was seeing a therapist. I had before, but um, I guess I was just thinking about how we all are human and we all bring something to the table. And like, you can help somebody and have some really great suggestions and ideas for people. And you can also then have your own, like you can be a specialist in something and then you can have your own life be crumbling in a certain area. So it's like be, this idea of being a therapist you know, has this certain connotation and like as moms, you know, it's like, oh, well, a therapist would know what to do. They'd have the answer to everything. Their life would and be perfect. Exactly. And obviously <laughs> therapists have so many great answers, which I hope the book shows as well as like the, the stuff that the therapist character gives April is real and tangible and life changing. But so then, but then I thought, isn't it interesting that like part of the medicine and therapy is what we give each other. And so what's funny though, is I did see maybe because I was writing a book while having two young kids, but I did end up seeing a therapist and um, it's funny because we really, and it was, I don't know, maybe it was my fault. And I wasn't trying to project. I swear like I'm going to get a therapist and we're going to become best friends, but she was just that kind of person. And so it was so funny to have written this and go, would this really happen? Like would a therapist really risk everything? And I thought I paid that off for the therapist character. Like we get why she would risk it because it's so life or death for her really. And she's so isolated, but I was like, you know, is this, is this realistic? And then I started seeing a therapist and I was like, Oh, this, this is totally this is totally realistic like this could happen and i don't think it happens in the majority of the cases but it, it yeah but it but it could happen so that was i mean that was so much fun to write that and to then have the shift i loved that i loved doing that so considering this was such a big part of your experience in terms of like you know being a mother and writing this while your kids were young how did you feel when it was finished did you miss it did you miss mm -hmm. writing it did you miss the characters 
Well, it's funny because the process never ends. So I never have had a chance to miss it. Um, I started writing it almost five years ago. And then the road to publication is a long or can be a long and arduous one. And the road to even getting it to the place where you'd think it's okay for publication. So the amount of drafts that go into it and then getting editors to take a look at it and then notes there. And, you know, my growth as a writer over the last five years has been huge. I mean, I, I joke that I learned how to write a book by writing a book. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because I, I read one of the reviews on, I think it was Goods, and this lady was like, you know, in the first couple pages, um, there were, I don't know, she's like a, a writerly person, so she would know these things. But and it's funny that I say that because like I have a book and do I, is it that I don't consider myself a writerly person? I don't know. I never set out to be an author. So I think that's why I have like a hang up there. But anyway, this woman said something like in the first couple pages, you know, she used I feel or I think and, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be good, but oh my God, you guys, it's so good. And it, it you know, and the writing picks up or whatever. And it, it even though most people would probably take that and go like, oh, that's shitty. I was like, yes. Right. She thinks I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah. And like you saw, like you saw that it started out maybe like I was a new writer when I was writing the beginning of it. And you see that it progresses throughout the book perhaps. So um, that felt actually weirdly validating for me to have somebody see that. So, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's. I actually it. get that. 100% because I'm also not trained as a writer and I write and I, I think all the time whenever someone says like, you know, they introduce me, oh, she's a writer. I literally stop in my tracks. Like I hear <laughs> nothing after that because I'm like, oh, that person thinks I'm a writer. Clearly by definition, I'm a writer and you are a writer, but it is so interesting at what point do you feel like you're not faking it? Because we all write words. Like, so if you, so we're all writers. So that's the thing is like when people, but when people say it like, oh, she's a writer, it's like, well, that's not the only thing that I do. And I'm not necessarily striving, but I like to do, there's so much I could like have a two hour like <laughs> rant at them about like, but I don't really know or whatever. So, and then try, and then trying on the author term is super weird because it's like, I am like author to me is like Stephen King. Like right. I have, you know, like I have an office and I go for walks and people in the neighborhood recognize me. And I don't know, there's like a whole thing with the author thing, but like, I don't have an office. I'm currently at my son's desk in his room. I wrote my book in my daughter's fuzzy green glider next to her crib. Like I don't live what I thought an author life would look like. So I have some hangups about that as well, which, you know, now that the book is published and out there, maybe I'll have less hangups about. And, and I do have, when you're asking about, you know, if I, if I missed it at all, I miss the characters together. And, but, um, I luckily have been working on an outline and some beginnings of a sequel that I'm super excited about. So I hopefully will get to be back again with them and see where they've grown. I mean, especially April, I feel like she and me have grown so much since I started writing it that I think, you know, there's going to be like a different version of her. Just like on the last edit of this book, I thought to myself, oh man, the me of now, the, if, you know, the April of now would take way less shit like, should I go back and put some like more strict boundaries up? And then I thought, no, 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 Brandy, you can't do that because who you were as that character and who April was back then is how most moms are. And we all start at that place. It's like, 
in this book, April figures out about boundaries and she figures out how to speak up for what she needs and to find her value and what happens when you don't get time or space for yourself. So I felt like I needed to really honor that part of April's life. And then maybe in the next one, maybe she's, you know, maybe she's a little bit more, uh, you know, has a little bit more boundaries or, or doesn't take as much from people. So we'll see. I hope, I hope that's something I get to do. People assume you get a great idea, you write a book, it gets published and, you know, you're a writer, but it really does take <laughs> so much practice. It really does take so much good editing. Yeah. And it took me so many years to, you know, I had an agent at one point and we were together for a year and nothing happened with the book. And then I was going to try to do it all on my own. And then I ended up getting with this, you know, indie feminist publisher that was great. And then I ended up getting another agent. It's like all this stuff takes so long. You, you think it happens overnight, but I mean, it's taken years and at the time, I was so frustrated because it's like, I want this message out. People need this. Like, this can save lives. <laughs> Maybe that's an overstatement. But this, I, this message needs to come out. But I'm so happy that it took this long because had I sent out the version that I had, you know, a, a year after I wrote it, it would have been shit because I wouldn't have learned. I mean, I've been to writing retreats since then. I've had other editors look at it. And so I feel like for me right now, this is literally the best job I could do. And I'm super proud of it. But that's not to say that in like five or 10 years, I wouldn't be surprised if I look back at this and I'm like, oh man. So I, you know, and I mean, I hope to have that growth where I can look back and, and see that I've grown even further. But for right now, I feel like I, I did a decent enough job and I had so many years to go back and edit it. But, you know, you can keep editing something until it's literally dead. So at some point, you know, you just have to stop. So that's why it's great that there are um, deadlines. <laughs> right. Otherwise that would happen. So you mentioned um, your book is published by She Writes Press, um, yes. which is a hybrid publishing. What does that yes. mean and how did you come to be published there? What I was going to do is after I'd had that kind of awful experience with that agent for a year that really didn't do much, but I was like stuck with that situation. Afterwards, I was so, I was like, I'm, I can't wait for this message to come out. So I thought I'm going to self-publish this. I'm going to figure out how to do it and, and I'm going to do it. And there was so much involved in trying to figure that world out to do it in the way that I wanted to do it. Um, I can be, tend to be a perfectionist um, by nature. So, and I'm working on that. So it, it became so overwhelming that I thought, you know what, I'm going to check out some of these other publishers. And so I don't know if it was, I had a friend who had worked with them or who really liked them or whatever, but, um, so She Writes is this indie feminist hybrid publisher. And basically what that means is you submit, just like you would to any other publisher agent, you submit your manuscript to them and then they either choose to publish it or not. But the thing is, is that what makes it hybrid, it's kind of like a best of both worlds between self-publishing and traditional publishing in that you pay them a fee if they accept you. You pay them a fee to do all of the stuff you were going to teach yourself how to do. And then you also get, you know, more control, more share of royalties and all of that stuff. So that felt very good to me because it felt like the sisterhood of writers. And I really did have control over things that I know at a traditional press, I would not have control over. So it's like been a what? great, 
like, for example, um, like cover design. I had a lot of say in that, in the editing of it. Like they didn't go in there and tell me that this had to be this or that had to be that. There's just sort of like a... um, like a partnership that it felt. And there's this community of all the other She Writes Press authors that are all willing to help each other. And so just the idea of that felt really, really nice. And so, and that, I don't know. And there was, there was something about that, especially with the material of my book that just felt like this feels like the right place for it. But I knew like I could wait and keep, and keep pitching to these publishers and with my new agent who I, who I adore, who's amazing. Like I could keep going down that route and it could be three years later and nothing could ever happen with this. So that to me at the time was like perfect because I didn't have to do, I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. And, but yet my book also got to come out with all the tradition, all the same traditional channels, you know, it's in bookstores, you can get it at Target, all of those things. That's what makes She Writes really special is that I believe they're one of the only hybrid uh, publishers that has that traditional um, distribution route and relationships. Like they are super high regarded in the publishing world for hybrid publishers. So that felt good to me. But I tell you, the process of even trying to get an editor at a big five or any sort of big traditional publisher was nearly impossible. And what I found is that most of the people, and I was, we were trying to pitch it to women, hoping, you know, that maybe they would relate to it is most of the women who were high up enough to be in that position at a publisher never had to be April. Mm-hmm. And so not only were they like, oh, this sound, this is not, I don't understand this. There's so much judgment, right? Uh, towards stay-at-home moms. I mean, in the mom world, there's so much judgment. But there was also this kind of feeling, I think, too, of like, of like, you know, oh, she's just a stay-at-home mom. Like, that's not an interesting story. Right. So that has been such, that has been so hard. It's like, so then I thought to myself, so this story's just never going to get out there because these high up people who can afford nannies and never had to be constant caretakers have don't understand that there's an entire world of us mothers and even working mothers who relate to this. I know a lot of people who are working moms who relate to April because they have parts of their personality that are like hers. And especially right now during this pandemic where we're all equalized in a certain way, just, you know, that we're all around our kids all the time. So, but I, I was kind of surprised. I, I guess I didn't expect at the beginning that pub, that female publishers would be judgmental or kind of think like, uh, oh, stay at home mom next. Yeah. It's so interesting because, you know, you write this book. It's obviously super important to you as your lived experience in so many ways. And plus you put five years of your life into it and you really want people to read it. Like forget about all the things you would have had to learn to self-publish. You would have to try so hard to get it in front of any eyeballs. And I think that you found a nice way with hybrid publishing where you can still get on Amazon, still get in the bookstore, um, still get a really nice professional cover, yeah. but also um, not have to worry about breaking into a place where it's really next to impossible. And I also feel like, you know, it is kind of a crapshoot with an editor who chooses your book. I mean, for me, mm. the woman who chose my book literally said, I have an eight-year-old and I need this book. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I think you're probably right that a lot of the women who are reading this 
didn't relate. Whereas for me, I've always been a stay at home working mother. So, you know, your book, you know, I could relate to it very much. And I think it's a little bit of a crapshoot and it is a very long path. And I think it sounds like you found a way to get your baby out there to get it um, the way you wanted it to be and to, you know, have more of a traditional publishing look. I, I think that's, that's a really smart choice. Thank you. And I, you know, I just, I, I hope that it's the material speaks for itself and, and how it moves people. It's been interesting to watch how, you know, I, it was mentioned in a New York Times article back in February, um, which was awesome and amazing. And from that, I got an email from a Hollywood producer who was like, oh my gosh, this book sounds really fun and interesting. I'd love to read it. And so I sent him the book. He's like an, a guy, you know, I guess he's maybe in his 50s or so. And I'm like, you know, okay, how is this guy going to relate to this? But also way crazy exciting to wake up to an email that says that, right? <laughs> right. So he reads my book and he flips out. And so he was, it was so, so my, I guess my point with this is I realized somewhere along the way that it might not be the women that promote this book that, that are the only way to promote this book. Mm -hmm. Like some of the men might also see the importance. So he said to me, so the husband character's name is, is Aaron. And so this producer says to me, he goes, Oh my gosh, I was Aaron. Like I was that dad and my wife and I ended up getting a divorce and we're friends now, but this book is so important. Like I so related to that. And I've heard my, I heard my wife, my ex-wife say all these things. And so it like, it softened me to the fact that I kept thinking women are going to be the thing, the, the people that get this book out there and, and champion it. And I believe that, I mean, especially the, the readers, that specific, you know, the, the work from home moms and all the stay at home moms, but it opened my eyes to the fact that, wow, really like thoughtful modern men may also get behind this. So we've got some possibly exciting things in store that, you know, we'll see because now it's like the next step is like, well, can you get the Hollywood industry in a studio to find value in stay-at-home moms? (laughs) Uh, That's yet to be seen. So we shall see. Well, I have to say the whole time I was reading it, I was seeing like film, movie, like mm. TV show, 100%. I mm-hmm. just felt like it was very much written like that. So um, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. Yeah, thank but you. I think, you know, as far as promotion, I think when you write a nonfiction book or even a memoir, there's really so many places to reach out for, you know, writing an article, getting on a podcast. Yeah. Um, I think with fiction, it's like a whole other, very scary, very small ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, about how to get out there with so many books, not a lot of outlets that are writing or talking about fiction and considering your publishing and, and, and being in a pandemic, you know, <laughs> what are your expectations? What are your hopes? What are, you know, how are you, you know, trying to publicize uh, your yeah. book? Well, so part of it was I hired a publicist, which was, you know, one of the smartest things I did, but I am a hustler by nature and it doesn't mean I'm not I'm not, I mean, I did not go into this for the money, which was smart because it turns out that there doesn't (laughs) seem to be a lot of money, but that wasn't my goal is I was never like, I'm going to be an author and I'm going to write this great American novel and blah, blah, blah. It was, I had this message and I wouldn't let me sleep because I was up at night taking notes. So I just decided to just write it. So I've really had to think about like, how do I, how do I know that this is a success for me? And I already feel like it is. I, I, 
I had a online launch group, you know, which you were a part of, of early readers who got to read it. And honestly, your guys posts and reaction to it. That was the first time that my target people that I wrote it for and with got to, got to read it and respond. And that it's like, I already feel like job well done. Like that feels like a success to me. So I, I mean, in terms of promotion, I'm always on social media and I'm always happy to, you know, and I'm always writing articles and blog posts and, and trying to keep the conversation going. So I'm just going to do my best. But what's really exciting about this day is like, I have been hustling for years on this hustle, hustle, hustle. And so it's like today my baby can actually go out into the world and do some of that work for me <laughs> as opposed to me doing it all behind the scenes. So it's like mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like when you teach your kid to make some sort of food and then all of a sudden you're like, I don't have to do that for them anymore. So it feels to me like this book can now live. It can spread its wings, you know, to be totally cliche. Like it can go fly in the world and whatever happens from that, great. But I'm, I'm just so happy that it can, it can go do its thing for the people who need it. And ideally like, okay, so I definitely feel that way. And I'm just so happy to have had a message like this to give to other moms but also, ideally from this, I would love to write a sequel, but I would love to be paid to write a sequel. I would love to have some sort of a traditional, you know, setup for that. So um, my agent is, uh, we have some ideas in the works for that and some editors that are checking it out currently. So um, I'm in the waiting, I'm kind of in the waiting game for that. But it's all, it's all good. It's all exciting. And I'm just thrilled that something that was so therapeutic for me could could be therapeutic for other people and make them laugh, especially people like you who are a hard audience because I consider myself in the same. And so when I find something that actually makes me laugh, I'm like, I can't stop talking about it. Yeah, I feel that way. I think you can relate maybe even more if you're laughing. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, Jeff and I talk a lot about the roller coaster ride of writing a book, publishing a book, um, there's so many emotions. There's so many happy, mm -hmm. fun, amazing times. There's so many um, just upsetting, frustrating yes. times. And it, it's this whole cycle that goes by and you're in the best, best moment of the cycle mm. and you'll blink and it'll be over. So I encourage you to, you know, enjoy every little bit, celebrate yourself, you know, um, refresh your Amazon ratings and <laughs> reviews and just really enjoy it because it goes quickly. And sometimes we don't celebrate ourselves as much and we don't feel as comfortable being like, look at what I did, but you did something that, you know, many people say they want to do and they don't do. You did it. It's amazing. And so I hope you really enjoy this day and this time to like really take it in and, and mm. cause it'll be, it'll, it'll be a couple of weeks and it'll be on to something else. Thank you so much for that reminder. I was talking to another author friend last night and we were saying about how it's such a fleeting moment. It's kind of like a wedding in that way. But normally non-pandemic, you know, I had a I had a signing at the local Barnes and Noble I was supposed to do this Saturday. And then a couple weeks after I was going to be at a bookstore in LA and then I had an event planned for end of June in Vegas, like where moms get to go like relive this thing. And so all of those sorts of things that I think most authors have something like that, it's like it keeps their momentum going. And now in the pandemic, it's like once it's done on social media, like it's done. And so I think that's drop off is going to feel even more extreme. But like I said, my hope is that 
this thing goes out in the world and it does its own work and it does its own thing that maybe there will be, you know, like a second wave, not, not of coronavirus, not, I'm not talking second wave there. I'm talking second wave, like people reading it and then maybe reaching out to other people. Oh, you should read this or whatever. But I definitely, like I have a special dinner plan tonight. Like I have some things set so that I can actually bask in this rather than be on social media all day. But thank you so much for even having me here. It's been so, it was, it's such a, like a fun moment to market with is to talk about it. And as you can tell, I'm super excited and passionate about it. So thank you so much. I want to thank today's guest, Brandy Ferner, for joining Catherine on Two Riders Slinging Yang. You can follow Brandy on Twitter at adultconvo underscore and visit her website at adultconversationparenting.com. One can listen to Two Riders Slinging Yang on pretty much every podcast medium, and reviews are always appreciated. Music is by the dazzling MC Whiteout. Thanks again for joining Catherine and me. And remember, keep writing.